this week's episode, we tune our developer skills by string manipulating, parsing arrays, and of course, writing recursive methods, all while trying to remember what the heck are linked lists again? Additionally, we find out just what Frank would do if one of his relatives got kidnapped. All that and more on this week's Merge Conflict. This week, James, I've been doing something a little bit silly. I have been doing programming challenges. These are little problems that are given to test and enhance your skills as a programmer. And oh my God, they're frustrating. Have you tried these things? Uh, well, you know, I, I feel like my my development skill set, you know, it's pretty up there. So I feel like there's uh-huh. nothing to learn. Ever. I'm basically done. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt until I found out that I couldn't even solve the first programming challenge problem. And then I got a little bit of humility and I decided maybe I'm going to spend a little bit of time and maybe sharpen my skills. I mean, my skills are perfect as they are, but I guess even perfection can be perfected. I think so. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, like a diamond, right? You can always <laughs> can keep polishing it, something like that. <laughs> it's like you know your your MacBook. It's like after you own a touchscreen, and then you go back to your MacBook, and you keep touching the the screen, so you keep buffing it. And you're like, I want it to be so pristine, like they want. You know, are you get a new phone? And you're like, you know, it's never gonna be this good again. But you really try for that yeah. first week. You know, I do this every maybe year or two. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, about do you? This. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was actually sparked because, um, you know, I settled in at Canon right after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And one thing my instructor told me is like, you know, this industry is ever changing and um, you always got to keep up to speed. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to I can read Stack Overflow questions about stuff I already know or things that are in the realm, but very banal stuff. Oh, I got a null pointer exception in my crappy code. And you're like, eh, I don't feel like I'm getting smarter here. Yeah, it's like when I when I help developers, it's it's great because I love helping developers. I'm sharing my knowledge, but it's not like I'm learning always. Right. Sometimes I learn new things, but not often. But, you know, some simple things like, hey, um, what is the most optimized, optimized way of doing a reversing it a string or seeing if that thing is whatever what's that word for whenever like a mom like mom and you reverse it and whatever that palindrome that was the first programming challenge that got me back into it now i say programming challenge and these things really are to make you a better programmer but in so many ways my biggest criticism is a lot of them are puzzles and it's really just how good of a puzzle solver you are. And so palindromes are just, anytime you do puzzle solving, palindromes come up. And the same is true in programming challenges. You'll just, uh, oh God, they rear their ugly heads. Yeah, when I, when, I, when I looked at this and I decided how to do it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to see if I can figure it out. And I figured out a, a way, like there's a thousand ways yeah, to do that sure. thing. So I figured it out. And then I started looking at the other answers that were on <laughs> these websites. And I go, oh, like, I didn't think about that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Right. Then they're like, what if there's a punctuation or what if there's a white space? It's like, oh, crap, I didn't I didn't think of that, you know. Um, so I started essentially trying to do this every year, every two years, just, you know, take a take a weekend or, or a day in, in the afternoon or something like that. And say, you know, I'm going to sit down and do the top whatever questions and mm-hmm. see if I can figure it out, because. Most likely I can't. That, that's what I've realized is I can't. And I feel like an idiot. Turns out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Turns it, out I thought I was good, but I'm not. 
<laughs> you said a, a lot of interesting things there, but I, I, for me, I can't do it just uh, once. Like I do get a tiny bit addicted. Um, so like once you've solved one problem, because the first one's always the hardest and you build up a little bit of confidence and you really want to tackle the next because you feel like you can do a better job at it. So that's, uh, I find that interesting that you can do it just for a day or two because I certainly can't. Well, I got, I got, I got stuff to do, Frank. I got code to cross. That's <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're I, right. I think I, w- I think I would do more. And I, honestly, it's probably a good like weekly thing to do. Like, oh, I'm going to do a problem a week, you know, and just kind of stress your brain on it. Because honestly, a lot of this ties back into code that you're writing. Like uh, once you start going through, it's like, oh, I can oh, use that type of for loop or I could use that type of your, rec- of course, you're going to do something recursive because why wouldn't you do something? Rec- <laughs> this is what I've learned over the years, Frank, is that when you go and interview at a place, all oh, they yeah. care about is array manipulation uh-huh. and recursive functions. And you yeah. just gonna tell them no one does that in real life. Stop it. <laughs> There's uh, reasons for that, though. I mean, I, I remember the first time I was interviewing, I, I wanted to come up with the best programming problem for people to solve during the programming thing, because I was like, I've been through a lot of interviews, they're all terrible, I'm going to write a better problem, one that's, you know, interesting, but simple, comprehensible. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got humbled. First candidate just looked at me kind of like, what? what are you talking about? And so I'm like, okay, second candidate, I simplified the problem. Third candidate, simplified even more. Fourth candidate, I'm like, can you find the number two in this array? So I'm making fun of people, but really it's like, you can't give people puzzles during interviews and things like that. It's just asking way too much of people. So when you actually want to find out if someone can program, I usually boil it down to, can you actually just write a little bit of code? And then we just talk. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always the problem I find when... When I want to go and I want to do one of these challenges, like you're saying, is I prefer them to be very straight and to the point because I'm trying to hone that specific skill. But mm-hmm. that's usually not what happens when you go and interview. And I think so the why, why it comes up is because actually how I stumbled upon these websites. So I use this website called Career Cup. Ooh, um, yeah. Which- we, we should talk about all our websites because you mentioned this career cup. I've been doing this for a while and I never even heard of that one. So there, there's a lot of these sites out there. There's a lot of them. And this is it almost kind of looks like a stack overflow in a way where you can upvote things. But career cup is interesting because career cup is uh, essentially ghost think of you go interview somewhere and you have all these questions. So when you're done with your interview, you go and post your questions and your answer on this website. Yeah. The idea here is if you're going to interview, you can hone your skills of the current questions that develop that the companies are asking you. So you can go on here and say right now there's oh. 4300 questions from Amazon <sighs> that have been Oh asked. my god. And right, and are they ranked by like popularity or something like that? Yeah, so people can upvote them almost like a Reddit page and then there's answers. So this is a good one, right, which is Oh, I've actually had this as an interview question before. (laughs) Like there are two integer arrays, array A and array B, the same size and two integer count A and count B. If array Mm -hmm. A sub I is greater than array B sub I, then we increase count A by one, right? Then we increase count one. We will do nothing otherwise, blah, blah, blah. Go figure out this array. It's all about (laughs) manipulation. I swear. Yeah. Uh, the first, yeah, all, all the beginning ones are all array stuff. And yep, I've had this problem in an interview too. And I've had this problem on a website that I've had to answer. So wow, this is a classic problem. It's yeah. so simple, but 
gosh, you'd be surprised when the pressure's on. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, it's essentially what I've boiled it down to is, array, like I said, array manipulation, mm-hmm. big O for some reason, um, um, yeah. recursive functions, because they love recursive functions. And <laughs> even in these questions, I swear, like half the time if it's a challenge, it's like, oh, you want to improve yourself by doing, you can do this better by a recursive function. Yeah. And then data structures, uh, honestly, and the, here's the hard part about data structures is I bought this book from Career Cup. So Career Cup has all these books. And when you go interview mm-hmm. at large companies that start with a J and end with an Oogle or something <laughs> like that, you know, uh-huh. you they, they recommend you do this um, because they want you to be successful and hone your skills. So there's a book from this website. It's called Cracking the Coding Interview. I own this book. It's it green. A, I see it. Bright green. Sixth edition arriving now. Yeah, I have the fifth edition, um, but they're all very relevant for data structures and questions, but I think they update the questions and things like that in it. And it's just the website. But my friend who works at another big company here in Seattle, um, um, he also recommended this book because when he interviewed, they recommended that book too. So all these companies have recommended mm-hmm. this book, which is so weird. And, uh, you know, I skimmed it. I, I, it was interesting because I went through the data structures part, which is the first one. And I was like, oh, you know, linked lists and arrays and this. And, and you have to, the problem with .NET is I think of things in .NET terms, right? So yeah. when I think of um, a dictionary, I think of a dictionary. I don't think of a hash map. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It gets very computer science-y. Mm-hmm. I remember my first uh, first interview. I failed. I, did I even tell this story? I didn't. I failed the interview oh. because I didn't understand what a linked list was. Did I tell uh, that story? Classic. Um, I swear. Oh. I swear to you, right now. <laughs> my friend says right here, and I quote: "I found this thing. This is from like years ago." My buddy said last interview. Um, it was like, "Can you tell me a little bit about the differences between a linked list and an array?" <laughs> and that was it. And then, oh. and then, you know, it was a, pho- a phone interview um, and, you know, the guy's like, oh, oh, this is he, someone he was interviewing. And he goes, mm-hmm. linked list. He's like, never heard of that. Let me Google that. You know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. so, I wish I could have yeah. done that. For me, it was um, I knew about linked lists. I knew how to use them. I, I, I was a programmer. I wrote programs. I understood the concept. I just literally never heard the term linked list. and I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah. And it was so embarrassing. And so I think after that is when I did my deep dive into computer science and said, while it's great that I know all these libraries and I know how to write real programs. Maybe I should learn what computer science people know and actually learn the correct terminology for things and, you know, expand the mind a little bit. Yeah, And the interview is a bad place for that, by the way. It is. It is. So when I went to interview at Seton, this was six years ago, I I sat down and I read a book uh, all about like, um, you know, all these things. I learned how to write my own binary or a binary tree. Cause okay. I was like, do you want me to write a binary tree? Do you want me to do, you know, cause <laughs> I've, I've, when I interviewed a Canon a long time ago, they were like, can you do a bunch of string manipulation? But the top level developers, once you've been doing it for a while, they're like, Oh, can you just, you know, write your own binary yeah. tree? I couldn't even yeah. do that in college. I failed that one. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> yeah. So I, 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 I didn't. <laughs> well, so Sorry, I, got, go I, I got to the interview and uh, I'm, I'm I'm in I'm in Kirkland, and the guys are the guys and gals are e- they're questioning me and doing all this stuff. They don't ask me a single technical question at all, mm. and because uh, they already knew me, they they liked me, and and I'm like, well, do you need to ask me any like questions? You want me to? <laughs> 
<laughs> manipulation and they're like no they're like if you're terrible we'll just fire you so like, <laughs> you're like i totally know how to search two arrays and increment an integer <laughs> yes yeah so it was this is within it was my great. skill set yeah so that was that was like a good one for me but you, it sounds yeah. like you have a horror story on your end uh i i went through some fun interviews in the early days uh a nice capper at the end of the day uh the interview started with do you know how a memory ma- manager works as in do you understand how mayloc and free work and i'm like yeah it's just memory no big deal yeah. and then uh the interview quickly switched and he said why don't you uh write mayloc and free on the whiteboard over there and i'm just like <laughs> i don't know what the expression was on my face but my mind was all a flutter <laughs> i'm like serious and he's like yeah serious <laughs> so you, you... i went up there and i wrote a freaking memory manager on a whiteboard and the stupid thing worked and somehow i still didn't get the job i'm like oh what are goodness. you even driving at here buddy <laughs> it's that's crazy yeah it's like can you go write us a garbage collection can, can, can you go create your own language you know can you yeah, write yeah, us yeah, here let me do it no problem <laughs> it's always a whiteboard so we when i interviewed and have done stuff in the past you know, I got pretty interesting questions. I got stuff, you know, I got that linked list versus array. I got the mm-hmm. palindrome. That's like classic. Yeah. yeah. Classic. And I, I crushed that one. But I went into some. And the problem is like you, I got caught up on stupid just terminology because someone kept saying like a map, like a map. And I was oh, like, yeah. do you mean like oh, a yeah. like a map like on the like on the <laughs> wall? Like what are you talking like, about really? a Google permission key? Do I need to Google something? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, what are you so and like, they're not going to tell you what they're mean. But I'm like, I'm a C sharp developer, you're using all of these like non C sharp terms, and I should know them. But our language, that's why it's so important to do these practices. And even those silly ones that are like, what's the difference between this thing and this thing? Because honestly, if you look at some of the libraries we use, everything is abstracted away. I mean, I was I was looking at a tweet from Jimmy Bogard, who I love, he's fantastic. Um, and he goes, he goes, my new goal is to make using Automapper the default for the next one. I go, no, don't use, I, like, I love Automapper, but don't make it the default because people still got to learn how to like, it, you know, it maps stuff. And it's like, it's important to learn like what auto, like what these libraries are doing or what, yeah, you know, all those crazy, crazy um, things that are in system.collection do for you that you no longer have to worry about. That's what I love about development. I no longer have to worry about it, but I should know how it works, I guess, at some level. Yeah, you're talking. I mean, the whole goal of programming and sharing code is to have black box programming. You tell me what the inputs are going to be, I'll give you the outputs. But every so often, it is good to know actually how the silly thing works. Like we were making fun, or you were making fun of the uh, binary tree. And I actually just wrote one in C++ code the other day for an actual project that actually had to do real things. And so it felt kind of funny. I'm like, ooh, look at me. I'm a computer science person. I know how to write a binary tree. I was very proud of myself. (laughs) And (laughs) I've had to do it like once in the last 10 years, but still felt good <laughs> that i knew how to write it <laughs> yeah I, I i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure now what's interesting is so like these are kind of more one-off questions but I, you sent me a website called hacker rank is, is that what you've yeah. been using yeah so we've been talking about interviews and how much fun it is to actually get your skill up um and the first time I did this, I was actually in kind of like a, a, a slump in my life. I was like, I'm kind of bored with programming. I don't really not interested in technology and stuff, and I, but I didn't know what else to do. So I just decided to take like a couple weeks and I bought this book called Programming Challenges. And uh, sorry, Springer Press. Um, yeah, you'll find it. Big, great it book. In it's in the show notes. 
And it was interesting because it had all these problems, but then uh, it had a website that you could go to. So the website would state the problem. You could write the code in C, C++, or Java and submit your answer. And then an automatic computer judges your answer. Basically, it just throws a million inputs at it and checks the output. And it was intriguing. And this is like 10 years ago. And these sites were kind of lame and they barely worked and they were super slow and they were ugly. Uh, but nowadays, like the idea has continued on and moved on. And probably the best example I've seen of it personally is this one called Hacker Rank. And this is all due to a friend shoving it in my face and making me look at it. But <laughs> uh, they basically took that same idea of everything I just described, but do an amazing job at it. They support tons of languages. So I can do it in F sharp, you can do it in Clojure, you can do it in C sharp, VB, I don't know, everything else. They just have every language supported on there. And it's pretty amazing. I can keep talking about it, but I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, I kind of like that because the idea is, you know, we're all developing in different ways. And even if I go to an interview, um, they'll usually let you develop in the language that you want, but they may not be using the terminology that you want. Right. So it's good to compare and contrast. So does it give you the answer in the other languages? Like you can compare and contrast? Or? Here's the fantastic thing. It's kind of a little bit of a social network. So going all the way back to a point you said earlier, that probably the best thing after this is, and this is where the real learning comes in. You solve a problem, but then you can go look at other people's solutions. And that, I think, is when the real learning happens. Because you can't learn something when it's in the abstract. But after you've struggled, after you've spent four hours getting the last final input to actually compute the correct answer, you really know the problem, I believe. Like, it, it's deep down in you. And so I think at that point, you're, you're most open to seeing other people's solutions, too. It might be frustrating to see someone else's solution that's like one-tenth the lines of code and you can tell that they're just brilliant and outside of the box thinkers but because you know the problem so well you can understand their solution i think more easily and man that's when the real learning happens i literally just watched a friend going through that same process of he was so proud of his solution it worked great and then he saw someone else's and then spent the rest of the night learning every function that person used and just tracking them down on the website and seeing their other solutions just like as a mentor you know just teach me more sir <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. It's super, it's super fun just to kind of go through and, and just see those other, and that's what I liked about career cup is that people would, you know, start posting, no, no, this is how you do it. Now this is the best way of like, you could just tweak this little thing and like, mm -hmm. but I had some see, I other, don't like that. I, yeah. I don't like people telling me a better way. I like it when I can naturally just go out and decide for myself if another way was better because there's a lot of value judgments there. Yeah. And also just because someone posts something on Stack Overflow or someone posts something on Career Cup doesn't necessarily mean that it actually works. So yeah. <laughs> something. And I had um I had a few different kind of questions too that were kind of not developer questions, but I want to take a break and uh thank one of our lovely, lovely sponsors today before we get into that, which is this amazing company that is back yet again to sponsor Merge Conflict, which is Syncfusion. Syncfusion is amazing. I uh, personally use them, which is amazing. Um, uh, for all of my bar charts, graphs, anything that you can think of, Syncfusion is a company that's been around for a while. They are experts in this. They offer the largest set of tools and components for essentially any development language or platform that you want to target, whether it's WPF, WinForms, UWP, Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Forms, you name it, they make controls and components for it. 
And what they do is they really ensure that each component, so when you look at like a pull to refresh, a circular gauge, a navigation drawer, they do Word, Excel, PDF viewers and processors, um, barcode scanning, range, you know, things, charts, graphs, I mean, maps, tree maps, Kanban boards, like they do all this <laughs> crazy stuff. And they really build and design each component to its highest standard and best possible performance for the platform, right? So it's not like this crazy cross-platform custom thing. It's like, no, they're making iOS and Android controls and optimizing for Xamarin Forms, so they're optimizing for ASP.NET. They really um, optimize for each platform. And for each um, platform, they have this thing called Essential Studio. So let's say you're a Xamarin developer, you would get Essential Studio for Xamarin. Um, which is really awesome. That's what I use personally. What's great here is that they have a community license. This includes all nearly 900 different components and enterprise products. So things from you know data, reporting, dashboards, all these visualizations, it's completely free. It's free for individual developers or um, up to five users at a business if you're grossing less than a million. So think of it kind of like the Visual Studio Community Edition. They have a community license here. And then if you're over that and you're making millions of dollars a year, they have a flat rate fee for your entire company. It's crazy. It's awesome. Um, you can learn more about Essential Studio for all the different products, including Essential Studio for Xamarin, which I use personally, when you go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. That's syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. And the link is down in the show notes. So thanks, Syncfusion, yet again. Yeah, thanks, Syncfusion. God, I love chart controls. Yeah. <laughs> I can just look at charts all day. All day. There's so many crazy things. It's one thing that I'll never want to write. Well, maybe I'll want to write. I don't know, but I'll let Syncfusion do it for me. So I love um, writing them, but I like stealing ideas too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why like, I like going to these websites because it'll kind of tell me a little bit of how to do something. But I had something really different because when you interview at companies and you're going through code challenges, that's like one half of the battle, right? Because you... Mm. Uh, they're also judging you on personality, fit in the company, <laughs> yeah. but they're also looking to see like, where do you fit in best? So I interviewed at a big company, uh, not too long ago, quite a, quite a while ago, I guess. And they asked me a question. They said, right now we're running computers that are running this operating system. And what we would like to do, and this was like the PM, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the product manager. And they go, imagine that you are tasked with the role of changing every computer, every desktop computer into this uh, small, tiny laptop that's running a very, I'm going to be very opaque here, a very specific <laughs> low budget operating system. <laughs> How would you plan this rollout or returning and organizing and handle questions? Go. Wow. Yeah. So these are, uh, these are the interview questions everyone dreads, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is right up there with the classic Microsoft, what was it, how can you move Mount Fuji or something like that? Like, yeah. these are, they're, they just want to see your thinking patterns, they want to see your experience with managing large projects. This is one that I would just overthink to my complete detriment. <laughs> yeah, it was, I started spiraling out of control i think on it because i was like i started thinking like well what if you're a developer and like you need certain tools and like do we offer cloud vms and then you can remote into that how do i ma like, migrate their <laughs> software and what about you know do it yeah. and, and, you know, and then uh she asked me and she goes well, so would you do this uh in regions or would you do it in certain offices and how would they you want manage a real rollout plan? <laughs> how would you manage at work? 
uh, work from home develop. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, uh, do I want this job? That's what you're supposed to be asking yourself at that point. <laughs> not, not to mention that this was interview number five of six of the day. So my Serious? brain was. This is at the end of the day. They're asking this idiotic. <laughs> like this is this is a planning question. Colin, Colin Jones were first. They gave me the easy oh, one good. first. Yeah, yeah they're like, okay, you're not an idiot. <laughs> you can search an array. Good job, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good array manipulation. You got this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my very first uh, question at also a large company in the pacific northwest um (laughs) they uh this okay like i was coming out of college i'd bought a suit because i didn't know about the west coast and no one wears suits out here um i was really excited for this interview i really wanted the job and my first question was not even a question but a guy who said uh your sister-in-law has been kidnapped and you need to find her in the world please describe how you will find her and I'm just like, I'm an engineer at this point in my life. I've been working as an embedded systems developer. I've worked on big projects. I had patents up to this point. And I just, I had never felt so insulted in my life, to be thoroughly honest. <laughs> and I can't believe that it was my first interview. And I, I, I entertained the guy and I told him a big, long story. But oh my God, I almost walked out of that interview right there. If they hadn't flown me out and made it a nice time, I would have just walked out. Because talk about wasting an engineer's time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, how would you find her? was kidnapped oh, i barely remember my answer for 40 minutes this was the only question during the entire interview i think he i like in in my well how i <laughs> later retconned it was that he was trying to understand my debugging skills because i would tell him like i did this and then he would throw an obstacle in the way and then i'd have to tell him like alternatives to that so i guess he wanted to see how well i thought but oh my god the uh the arrogance it takes to think that you can judge someone's intelligence over a prattling little story is just okay i'm getting excited now (laughs) what a jerk (laughs) it's uh it's quite interesting and because it's hard because like you start to try to solve this problem that you really are like oh this is never going to happen this is not taken to um and uh, I don't know. It's it's weird because when I go in and I think about a developer problem, if I go to this website, to me, I don't even necessarily need to solve it, right? I just need to start thinking through the process of how would I solve it. So, mm-hmm. how I like to do stuff is 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 just write it down on a piece of paper, right? Because you're going to be at a whiteboard if you're interviewing, but you're never going to have a computer with you. So, how I like to do it is, yeah, um, or even that wasn't somewhere you just open a Google Doc and you would just like type in there, you know, um, and it's it's interesting because that type of problem that is asked like how do you you can't really you can't look up other similar questions like well maybe i'll go find sherlock and then sherlock would (laughs) that's probably would be my answer like well i would go i'll hire someone to go find her or call the police (laughs) i'm gonna go find uh, cumberbatch and then we're going to uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna sherlock the crap out of this Uh, it's actually done in style it's, it's very similar to my question because like i'm like that is not a realistic question like no company is going to do that and i know that that's not what you're looking for and what you're looking for is for me to say all right so we're going to do this planning we're going to do this stuff we're going to do this thing like now here's what i do in real life is i open a trello board and i put in mm-hmm. a few things that i need to do actually how i manage myself is like i'm going to open up a google keep and i have like a list of things that i want to do today and i have some issues and this is how we manage stuff and 
I'm not going to, if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to get like every single, I, now I'm thinking about it. How would I roll out <laughs> laptops to every single uh, IT is you know, involved? I'm like, I'm not IT. I don't understand. How do I VPN in? I have no clue. It's kind of crazy. The joke is I actually did manage a giant rollout of computers. I was at a very large company and working in the IT department when uh, we were all, we're, I'm trying to remember if we were upgrading to Windows XP or Windows NT. I can't even remember the year, you know, so, but it was a major upgrade. Basically, all the old Windows 3.1 computers had to be trashed. All new computers came in, all new software. We had to train everyone up on it. I managed the inventory. I managed distribution. I did all that stuff. And still, I would not want to answer that question <laughs> that you got. <laughs> I, I want, I definitely want our listeners to, to email us in and, and like, you know, let us know, well, one, if there's other websites that you guys and gals are using, or if there are specific questions that you got stumped on or that you think are difficult. Well, I'll try, like, it'd be fun to have people email us and we can try to solve them and then get back to them. <laughs> no, this like, should be on Twitch, right? Come on, like, can you solve this problem? And <laughs> we can all just heck, heckle each other while they're trying to solve it on Twitch and be like, yeah. you're using the wrong language. You should be doing this in F sharp, man. <laughs> there's got to be like a coding challenge of the day, right? Because I know that there's a hacker rank, but it would be fun to kind of oh, have yeah. this like have the someone, whole world united into one goal yeah i'm sure you can see like, how many people solved it how many people didn't solve it and then someone like let's say you know miguel is like oh, i'm gonna then solve it you know it live on twitch or something like the next day like that'd be kind of fun this is a great yeah. podcast idea and, and i want to make podcast. a point here because we, we're talking a tiny bit about competition here and i'm mostly about competition with myself it's always fun to see how your friends are doing but you can't take it too seriously we're, we're all good at some things and not good at other things and uh the story it's not my story um i read it somewhere but the great donald knuth everyone knows knuth right the art of computer programming he was forced to do this computer programming challenge with, I think it was McCarthy, John McCarthy from Lisp fame. And somehow they'd gotten these two genius computer science people to do this uh, simultaneous in the same room solution to some problem. And Knuth basically for the rest of his life would tell the story about how miserable he was, how he hated it, how he felt dumb, like, you know, you just can't solve a problem that quickly. And this is Donald Knuth, one of the smartest that we have in our field. And he couldn't stand the competition part of it. And I, I get it. Like, I'm a slow thinker. I don't like, sometimes I'll get lucky and a solution will pop into my head. But if that doesn't happen, I need I need time. I need days. I need, you know, I need to ponder it for a while. So competition's fun, but really think about this as a growth opportunity, not a competition with your friends. Yeah, I have never attempted. So me and my friends have discussed interviews that we've all gone on, but we've never done it in a competitive form because I think that no. we would hate each other. Exactly. <laughs> and you're just going to hurt feelings at that point. Everyone's going to feel worse at the end of the day. So yeah. yeah, don't do that. Now talking about hacker news, I do have a friend who's much better at puzzles and, and programming probably than me. And so he's, he's kicking my butt. But I feel like uh, it is something you can train up on. So I figure if I do a few more of these little challenges, I'll get my skill up. It's on this hacker rank. So like if I join hacker rank, can I like you are we friends and then you can see like how I'm doing and we can is it gamified essentially? 
uh, it's it's slightly gamified. They have a weird system, and I, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand it. I'm just getting back into it. I used a much older system in the past. But in this one, like, say say I submit a problem, and it fails a few of the test cases. Uh, it'll let you look at the test case itself. Otherwise, you're blind. You don't know what test case it's throwing at you. You just got to solve the general problem. But they'll charge you in their fake currency to see the answer. And so you can build up currency by solving problems, and then you can spend currency. So in that way, there is a karma system, kind of, but you spend it, and you're not supposed to spend karma, so it's a little confusing. But there, there's some gamification of it. And you can definitely follow your friends. Uh, just find out what their username is and go see how they're doing. Got it. All right, so I literally just created a new account. Awesome. And uh, this is the Solve Me First success rate. 97 percent. so <laughs> that's a great stat time. too they give i i love looking at the ones that are like seven percent success rate but as my friend says it usually just means they're poorly worded it's not so much yeah. that it's an impossible problem <laughs> so we have a input format code the code that reads input from standard std in standard yeah. in is provided for you in the editor there are two lines of input and each line contains a single integer code that Output format code that prints the sum calculated and returned by solve me first. It provided by you in the editor. Okay. So they're so usually like a very basic problem, but then made a little bit hard in one or two tricky ways. Either they make the problem very large so that you have to think more about it's not just solving the problem, but solving it in a semi-efficient or at least memory efficient way. I, the first problem I did, I was super proud. It was a tricky problem. My friend said it took him four hours. I had pretty much a working solution in 30 minutes. It was very short, very like 20 lines of code. I was very proud of it, but it only worked. It actually only succeeded half the time because once the problem got to be a certain size, my solution just fell apart. Yeah. And so I spent the remaining four hours trying to do a more efficient solution and completely failing at it. <laughs> my favorite here is that it literally gives you a hint. It says type a return A plus B semicolon below, which I did because that's how you would solve combining mm -hmm. two numbers. I'm going to hit submit code processing. Well, before you hit submit code, you can hit run code and it'll give you a free shot at it. The When you hit submit code, it's going on your permanent record, James. I so we'll it. all know from now on. Did you pass? I passed. It's good to go. Whoa. Plus one. <laughs> I am ranked 588,000th in the world. <laughs> moving up. Moving up. <laughs> okay, you know what? I solved the challenge. I feel pretty good for the day because... 2.545% of other people did not finish that <laughs> yeah, somehow. I forgot the semicolon or something. Or the, the fun thing is... They, they typed type. That's what they did, I bet. Because it said hint, <laughs> type, return this. And I bet that they typed type return. In turn. <laughs> This is great. So it's fun because this. you can, yeah, you can shoot through the different programming languages too and see leaderboards in the languages. So you can see like your rank might be better for like C sharp or something like that. Or a real trick here is pick a super esoteric language and then you can get high rankings and all that in that language. <laughs> and this is great. I wish that they had custom leaderboards so we could create like a merge conflict group. And if they do, then we're totally creating one and we'll post it. Again, it's not a competition, but it's just a good opportunity for us all to get our skills up and prepare for, okay, fine. <laughs>
No, it's not. Okay. I'm super defensive because I've worked at big companies with people that are much better programmers than me. So I've always been humbled by better programmers. So I'm always, what am I doing? Um, sandbagging? Is that what it's called when you're trying to lower expectations? <laughs> I'm not, so I just am creating our first team of merge conflict. They do have teams? They oh, have boy. teams and we're going to create a contest. People know we, we probably no. will actually. Stop um, it. it's gonna be great we'll, we'll create something this will be kind of fun we'll tweet it out if we decide to do it <laughs> awesome well so now that we're all essentially masters of our of our code domain um mm-hmm. and we know how to do this, this is pretty cool i'm i'm really i'm, I'm really happy that we talked about this because i think that that's what's interesting is that we've each probably gone through this at some point and trying to improve our skill set and I don't what I what what's interesting about these websites is that I don't I don't really learn by reading books very often. I can read about data structures, but I don't want to read code or learn like that way. I learn by doing. So what's interesting yeah. here is like the code like executes on the web or whatever it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can kind of start in, to do stuff, right? I could open an IDE and I can start to figure out these solve problems and do some things like that. So it's really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And if you're in the interview context, you know, you're always going to have those tricky interview questions, those personal relationship ones. And what are your what are your strengths and weaknesses questions? But, you know, those are hard to prepare for. But programming things like this, they're kind of easy to prepare for. I really mean it when I say when you've practiced a few of these, you just get better at these because there is a puzzle element to them. So once you start thinking about problems in terms of the puzzle and the trick and, you know, the reveal, <laughs> then it becomes becomes much simpler and i think you just get better at it so this is a place where you can take control of your interview nice uh anything else you want to chit chat about about these things <laughs> no other than don't feel like you have to do these and you can take time off like because it gets stressful after a while please don't do these for a full year you'll go yeah, insane not gonna do it every day well we did have a little bit of uh oop, i just hit the mic um mm-hmm. get too excited sometimes uh, we had a little bit of listener feedback. I love listener feedback. We've been doing it for a few weeks now, and we want to hear from you. You can um, go ahead and, and tweet at us at MergeConflict.fm, or just personally, you can do that too. Um, I'm at James Montemagno and at Proclarum. You can find that on MergeConflict.fm. But also the easiest way that we really like is you can leave comments on specific episodes for comments, uh, or you can just use the contact form. That There's a lot of ways to get in contact so with many. us. So many. We all track them into a Power BI at some point. So we did have some <laughs> listener feedback back a few on our latest tls episode which was very popular because network security is very fun uh and we had one actually which is funny that we didn't list this and we'll just talk about it we'll put the this, yeah. this uh, <laughs> in the show notes which is a great uh, blog post from carrie well how do you say his last name lothrop, uh, lothrop. yeah let's go with that because i'm not gonna say it <laughs> good guy <laughs> Essentially, he um, talks about this blog post that he wrote, which is called The Many Flavors of HTTP, um, where he he did a whole Evolve talk about all the new HTTP client handlers and the TL, TLS stacks and things like that on it. Um, and he talks about like the the pros and the cons versus all the different handlers, which are really good. It's just a good update, and he's keeping it up to date yeah. as Xamarin evolves, which... We are evolving again. I just oh god, <laughs> gotta keep changing. <laughs> I just got word that we are going to do a lot of cool TLS changes. So like uh, ah, Apple TLS yeah. will be like the only way to do it in in the future. Mm-hmm. So really yeah, standardized. All in the name of security. And I should yeah. mention, I actually had his article in my mind the entire time we were talking about it. I just find it so silly. I forgot to mention it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it, article. 
it's a good article and i really like that carrie's like keeping it up to date as yeah, like things nice. change too so um we can put that on there yeah i'll put that in the Who show notes thought that right blogs now. would become wikis <laughs> they're good they're good i like it um we had another comment on that same episode which is kind of funny from episode 37 which is you know our good old friend http resume that we were talking about Oh, this is when you want to continue a download that may have failed for a number of reasons and you just want to start in the middle of it? Yes. Robert Wallace writes in because we didn't know what that was. We knew what it was. We just didn't want to go look <laughs> we it We knew up. the concept. We didn't know the API. <laughs> we threw it out there into the world of our Merge Conflict listeners and he responds back and says, to add the range header, use systemnet http web request dot add range with the byte add resume range. location add range done two lines of code done. one line of code something one like that yes fantastic uh and we really appreciate feedback of this nature i was joking to james earlier that i love this when people educate me on the show it yeah. just makes my job so much easier so exactly. please do please do inform us when we don't know what's going on we actually had a actually question that we can answer. Those are good uh, feedback and comments. I like to point out because I think they apply to everyone. We put them in the show notes. Absolutely. So this was Jim Horvath. He, he wrote in, he emailed in, he said, uh, love the show. I was just listening to, um, is code, wor- sh- code sharing worth it? This is a, one of our original episodes mm-hmm. we did way back in the day. He says, you guys were talking about the use of Git submodules. Um, he's like, I do know what they are and how to use mm-hmm. them. But it didn't follow what you guys were talking about. I got the impression yeah. that there is some practice you both follow using submodules to help organize your projects, maybe to organize dependencies or something. Where can I learn more about submodule practices? Um, submodules are great. This is how I feel. Submodules are super complicated sometimes. And um, I don't know. <laughs> like, get. I, I, the concept is simple. We'll just start there. And that is, I have a dependency on some other source code. For some reason, I can't do a NuGet dependency or a library dependency, but I actually have a dependency on someone else's source code. Then instead of just copying and pasting that source code into my project, I have a sub-module. That is, I have a sub-git repo that points to their project, and I get all that source code. So for me, it's all about dependencies. I don't I try not to refactor my projects into multiple repositories. I think insanity uh, will be the result of that. But sometimes you just have a source code dependency and you really don't want to play the copy-paste game. So submodules are a big win there. Yeah, so for instance, uh, I wrote this in-app billing library that abstracts in-app purchases. And and that type of code is really complex and sometimes you really need to debug through it. So it's nice that it's a NuGet package, but often what ends up happening is I say, hey, you should probably just pull in the library. So instead of downloading a zip file, add it as a submodule, better yet, my personal practice is this, is let's say Frank writes an amazing library. And I'm like, you know, I really like Frank's code, but I'm probably going to want to modify it or make it my own. Or, you know, I don't want, what if he changes it? I want this version specifically. Yeah. So what I do is I fork Frank's project into my own repo. Then I take a submodule dependency on my fork, not his fork, mm-hmm. or not his original repo, because that way I can kind of keep the the original branch and the fork in in check yeah. there. But also at the same time, then I if you change something and I and I pull something from you, I'm not getting changes. So that allows you to change your code, but I still have this nice dependency 
on my own, which I know is not going to yeah. change randomly when you push to code. So that's kind of my best practice. Yeah, that's a good pro tip. Sometimes I don't do that just because I don't want a million forks lying around, but it is yeah. nice to control the actual point that you're pulling in. And I believe you can actually do that. Uh, or some modules generally point to a very specific commit uh, mm-hmm. number. So as long as someone, maybe someone could do like a force push, and actually change something on you. But in general, as long as you're pointed at a specific commit, you can feel safe that the library won't change underneath your feet. But forking is definitely the next best practice, especially if you have to start changing things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for the Woo! listener feedback. Pretty, Nailed pretty it. nice. <laughs> under, under 80 minutes. Perfect. We awesome. Our episodes have been getting a little long. Thank you all yeah. for listening. <laughs> Thanks to Syncfusion yet again for sponsoring Merge Conflict. And until next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.